Greetings to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for my message this morning comes from the Holy Gospel reading, which was read previously from Mark chapter 11. There was one final evening left to the living nativity. Are you ready? Are you tired? Just one more night to go. Now, like uh, some of you here, this is my first year of participation in the living nativity. And one thing that struck me right off the bat regarding the, the living nativity is how much preparation it takes on all levels. In fact, uh, last night a gentleman pulled me aside and uh, he asked me about the preparation. He said a lot had to go into this. And I said, absolutely. I mean, when you consider the, the script, the costumes, uh, the setup, uh, you know, all kinds of things, the food, uh, directing people to where they should be, and all of that, to bring, for, to bring forward the message that Christ the Savior is born. That is the chief message. That is why we gather together for the living nativity. But there's another important component, too, that's involved with the, with the living nativity. And that is you. The fact that you are there, that you are participating, because it could not happen without you and without your participation. They say that nine-tenths of life is just showing up just being there, that's so important. And if you're worried about how you're doing during the, during the nativity, remember, uh, God calls us to be faithful, not perfect. So be faithful, do the best you can as he gives you the strength to do so. So that got me thinking about Jesus and his entrance into Jerusalem which is uh, the text for today. The text may seem somewhat out of place, this being the first Sunday in Advent. Uh, Happy New Year, by the way. Uh, this, is the, this is the new year of the church today. So we get to celebrate the new year uh, one month earlier uh, than the secular world does. But be that as it may, uh, this text is here because uh, it prepares us to receive uh, King Jesus, and, and that is my focus for this morning, to receive Jesus, the coming King. For during the season of Advent, we receive Jesus in, in three primary ways. Uh, first of all, we, we prepare to celebrate his birth. Uh, that's a very uh, obvious theme, and, and one that uh, is primarily the theme of the living nativity. But another theme of Advent is Jesus coming on the last day when all time is concluded with him. When, when he, he brings, uh, you know, he, he makes his appearance on the last day of the world, uh, which is known only to him. So we are to be prepared every day for that eventuality, for we do not know the time uh, nor the hour. But also, 
we receive uh, King Jesus in our hearts through faith. And, and that is, uh, that's extremely important for you and for me. And, and frankly, for all people. All people should know and believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And we pray that that is the case. But we receive Jesus uh, in our hearts by hearing his word and, and receiving uh, the sacraments. Uh, we receive him in faith. So the king is coming. And for a few moments this morning, I just want to look at uh, some of the, some of the uh, indications here that uh, King Jesus uh, is, is present and active in this world. When he rode into Jerusalem on what we know as uh, Palm Sunday, um, the last week of, of Jesus' earthly life, when he was uh, handed over to be crucified and, and to die and rise again from the dead uh, for our salvation, he rides in Jerusalem uh, and he's welcomed as a king. Uh, this is uh, shown by his uh, riding on a donkey, which was uh, uh, the mode of transportation for emperors and kings, uh, primarily during parades, uh, military, military parades and the like. He was greeted by palm branches, people waving palm branches. And, and that, too, was a symbol of welcoming uh, a king. But also we hear the statements of the people in the crowd. Uh, they, they shout, Hosanna, which means God save us. They said, he comes in the name of the Lord, so they, so they knew who was sending him. And they also said that he is bringing in the coming kingdom of our father David. Makes me wonder, though, uh, what kind of king did the people expect when they welcomed him on that day? It is clear that some expected an earthly king, an earthly king who would, in a sense, uh, create a utopia or a paradise here on earth a Messiah who would drive out the Romans and restore the kingdom of Israel to its previous grandeur as it once was known under King David. There were some who had that expectation. In fact, one of Jesus' disciples, Simon the Zealot, was a political revolutionary by his background, and it is likely that he may have expected Jesus to be that kind of Messiah, who would bring about a uh, sort of a, a great kingdom here on earth. Well, indeed, Jesus came to establish a great kingdom, but it would not be an earthly kingdom, not the kind of kingdom that, that we think of. Listen to the promise made uh, to David, to King David, regarding this kingdom of the Messiah. Uh, we read in 2 Samuel chapter 7, And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Now I ask you, how many nations, how many kingdoms do you know of that have lasted forever? None. They all end up in the uh, dustbin of history eventually. If you, ever, if you ever study history, ancient history, and so on, 
Nations come and go. That's an inevitable fact of life. There's only one kingdom that is spiritual and eternal, and that is the kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the kingdom that he has established. During this very same week, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, as he appeared before Pontius Pilate during uh, that questioning period before he was to be crucified, Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? To which Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. So to summarize, Jesus' kingdom is in this world, but it is not of this world. For what are the marks of Jesus' kingdom? His kingdom cannot be located in a capital city. Its boundaries cannot be marked on a map. His kingdom cannot be seen through a demonstration of earthly power, such as the launching of a missile or the detonation of a bomb. No, Jesus' kingdom comes to us in simple, ordinary ways. First, he comes to us as a baby. I mean, consider this. All of God's divinity was poured into a baby, into the frame of a weak, tiny, vulnerable baby. A baby who needed the nourishment of his mother. A baby who needed the protection of his earthly father. A baby who cried, who had to be fed, and whose diaper had to be changed. This is the king who came to the world. This is the king that the world did not expect. And, and quite frankly, the world cannot accept a king like this apart from faith. It is only through faith that we can see and believe in this baby Jesus as our Savior, our Savior from sin, who brings us our deliverance. All throughout this weekend, we have been celebrating the birth of this baby, anticipating that birth. And not just an ordinary baby, but the Savior of the world. This is a time of wonder and a time of joy. But the joy and promise of Advent and Christmas is tied up in this inescapable fact that this baby had to grow up. This baby didn't stay a baby. It was necessary for this baby to grow up, to be sacrificed, and to suffer and die for the sin of the world, 
for your sins and my sins. Yes, this child would grow up, but he would not grow up to live a normal life as you and I think of a normal life. He would not get married, raise children, or work a nine-to-five job, as many do today. Nor would he have a permanent home. He was born to be a sacrifice and to give up his life in payment for our sins. That's why he came. And so when you see that little baby, remember the purpose for which he came. So while we anticipate the celebration of the birth of this baby and wait for his second coming on the last day, whenever that will be, I also want to leave you now with this assurance that, that although we uh, celebrate something that happened over 2,000 years ago, and we look forward to that, to that day, which is known only uh, to the Father as to when he will send his Son on that last day, be assured that the same Jesus is with you now and always. He is here with us now through the preaching of his word. Uh, and, and through the administration of his sacraments, through holy baptism, Jesus comes to us in, in simple, ordinary ways that are yet so powerful. Through the water of holy baptism, combined with the promises of God's word. Through the elements of bread and wine. Again, uh, very simple things, but so powerful when connected with the promises of God's word, that in the elements of bread and wine, we also receive the true body and blood of our Savior for our forgiveness and for the strengthening of our faith. In these ways, Jesus demonstrates that he is among us now and always. So as Jesus rode into Jerusalem and was received by many, he also rides into our lives today and into our hearts through the preaching of his word and the faithful administration of his sacraments. May our hearts receive him with joy and gladness. Amen.